This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for football. Salah. Let's take Cancelo off. Brilliant from Mo Salah. And still, Salah. Oh, sensational. Absolutely sensational. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Hello and welcome to Just for Kicks with myself, Cam Raslan. And today we have the two pundits. Got two up top. Uh, we have the legendary Bob Holmes. Hi, everybody. And we have Des Corkill. Delighted to be here, everybody. Mighty relieved after the Derby win on Monday and feeling much better about life with Liverpool. And we will get into that very shortly because today is going to be Premier League, uh, Champions League, Europa League, and a bit of AFC. No conference, we... Cam? No Europa conference? No, no, none of that. Well done. <laughs> uh, well, maybe we'll see. So uh, we start straight away with um, Premier League. There were two matches over the week and pretty important matches, Bob. Arsenal won Man City 2. So that's uh, that's that. Halfway through the season. Uh, Man City 3. Three. Did I say two or oh, three? Mm. Uh, halfway through the season. one of the goals. <laughs> we have that power on this show. And... Uh, and it's it's all over. Man City are going to win. I mean, they've they played one extra game, but uh, it was a great match. It was uh, well, it was great entertainment. I don't think it was a classic match, but it certainly was uh, great watching. Um, getting up at that time in the dead of night in Malaysia, and suddenly you're transported into a cauldron of sixty thousand people, and for once the Emirates sounded like a proper football ground. Uh, the the crowd were really behind Arsenal, and uh, it petered out a little bit to the end, especially after the third goal. Uh, I think it is a defining moment in the season, uh, but I wouldn't write off Arsenal uh, quite as quickly as some people are doing. Um, I think the fans can feel that they are probably the best of the rest. I think it looks odds on now that. City are going to take the title. But Arsenal do have a game in hand. They have to go to City. That might be considered an advantage to City, of course. But uh, if they win all their games, um, they can still do it. But they're in a a wobble at the moment. They've only taken one point from nine. They were cheated out of two by VAR at Brentford. But uh, nevertheless... They are in a bit of a wobble, so and they've got a difficult uh, next game at Aston Villa away. It's the lunchtime kickoff on Saturday. Not much time to prepare after a, a real battle in midweek. So it all eyes are on them, how they come out for that game. I think they can bounce back. I think they do have the quality. Whether they have the mental resilience, I'm not sure. But it was a defining moment. City showed their superiority in the second half. Haaland scored and also proved that he's more than just a goal scorer. He was a handful for the Arsenal defence. He even had a, um, an influence on the first goal with uh, um, Tommy Asu's mistake uh, came from Haaland uh, challenging in the yeah. centre of Arsenal's defence. So, yeah, City would be very happy and I f- feel pretty confident they're going to retain their title. But Arsenal shouldn't give up totally. And they're, I think they are 
the second best team in the league on that evidence. And uh, Des, my um, respect and admiration for Pep Guardiola has uh, gone up several notches because he has so many different teams inside his squad. And uh, and this could be for other managers, this could be transitional time, but he's made it work. Playing David Silver at left back, absolutely. It didn't work in the first half, though, because Arsenal probably were the better team. But he's brave enough to say, OK, I've, I've, I've made made an error. Maybe he tinkered. Uh, we 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 often accuse him of tinkering in the big games, um, but what he did is by getting David Silva playing in a, a midfield when they were going forward, they got more bodies in support of Haaland, who I love Haaland, but he obviously does need support. I thought Haaland was the difference. His his goal is just wonderfully done. De Bruyne mm. is obviously obviously the standout player and De Bruyne and Haaland together are fabulous so this was a great win for for Manchester City and yeah it does make them favourites but there's nearly half a season to go Arsenal have had a wobble I was impressed with them I must say though the penalty was so 2022 so soft what's Edison meant to do evaporate into thin air he's standing up he's jumping up to, and, and uh, the player's got the shot away his momentum takes him into Edison what is Edison meant to do. There was a similar situation in one of the World Cup games, a big game. I think it was the Argentina game in the quarterfinals. The goalkeeper's standing up, making himself big. There is nothing he can do other than evaporate into thin air. Some of the some of the laws and some of the penalties that are being given at the top flight just defy my my imagination. It was a crazy, crazy penalty. Yeah, um, to, to, I, I have to, to say that that rule has always confused the hell out of me. I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't, so, I, I, so I goalkeepers must learn to day. evaporate and play with their feet. That's the latest requirement. Goalkeepers union, eh, Des? No, it's it's. A, come on, Bob. It's re- where. No, is no, he I agree with you. I agree. Where is he meant to go? What would you yeah. do, Des? You stand. That's exactly what. Oh, I'll, there's a man through on goal. Oh, I better not get in the way. I better not jump just in case I concede a penalty. So I must let him score. Just my word. Modern football, it's yeah. it's. Oh. We say it's yeah. gone soft, and on times like this, yeah. it is crazy. Yeah. Penalties for nothing. It, it was still a great game, though, wasn't it? It's still a great, uh, you know, a feisty affair. I thought really apart intense. from that, referee did okay. It was yeah. a difficult game to ref. You know, mm. it co- could have boiled over. He managed to keep a lid on it. Um, it was great, great entertainment. Yeah. Well, let's move forward away from the 1970s for a moment. There, Des. And uh, we'll go to uh, another match, which I would go straight to you again, Des. Uh, it was Liverpool to Everton nil, and I'm not saying that Liverpool looked like Liverpool of old, but but there were there were there was a glimpse of it. There certainly was. Um, by a titch, though, my word, this 18 year old kid's come into the central midfield, and he won matter of the match in in a derby game. Little bit of luck for Liverpool. The Tarkovsky header, if it, if it hits the inside the post and goes in completely different environment around Anfield. Instead, within 15 seconds, they played the ball out to um, out wide to, to Nunes. He's played the ball into Salah. Jordan Pickwood is, is out somewhere near the um, near the uh, centenary stand, or no, the other stand, the main stand. And it's an easy goal for Liverpool. Those 10 seconds, they could really change the whole momentum of the season for Liverpool. They've got Newcastle this week, which is uh, obviously very difficult, but... If they win, they're right back in it. And then they've got Real Madrid next week. Madrid, they may be FIFA World Club champions, but they're stuttering just a little bit. So this could be a momentous week or a massive disappointment for for Liverpool. But it started with the derby and it started with that 15 seconds of activity. Tarkowski, post, 
breakaway Salah Pickford waves them in. That was super fast. Uh, Bob, uh, you know, you're, you, you don't have a, um, a, uh, you're neutral on, on uh, Liverpool Everton, but um, um, not I, entirely. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you people are useless to me. <laughs> Where is the professionalism? Um, what did you think? Did you feel, uh, we're running out of time here, but did you think that um, Liverpool are, the season starts now? Uh, not quite. N- uh, no, uh, they're not quite there yet. But it was a, a promising sign. Um, you need a bit of luck, uh, I think, to to sort of kickstart even a recovery. But uh, looking at the table, there is a great incentive for Liverpool against Newcastle. When you, I mean, we've been for a month or, to, or two now. We've been thinking that Champions League is actually out of reach. But Newcastle in fourth place. If if Liverpool beat Newcastle this weekend, they'll only be uh, six points behind with a game in hand. Mm. Now that's that's very doable with nearly half a season to go. And Newcastle themselves are in a bit of a wobble. Uh, they've only won one in the last several games. I think it's six or seven. Um, so there suddenly Liverpool could be back in the race for top four, which we'd more or less written them off, hadn't we, yeah. um, a week or two ago. So that that is very encouraging. And this, uh, yeah, Bychetic, I think you say his name, something like that. Um, yeah, what a discovery. I mean, 18 years old, but he's uh, to the manner born, isn't he? And he's made a difference. I mean, you can see that. Uh, I mean, the, the back four have been, or the back three, whatever Jurgen Klopp has played this season, they've, they've, they've been shaky. But suddenly you've got this guy in front of them, and it's making them look better. And even though it was uh, an unfamiliar pairing of Gomez and Matip, I mean, certainly that's not the, Liverpool's uh, A choice of centre-halves, is it? But um, they, they look better for yeah, having I... Bacetic in front of them. I mean, oh, yeah. he didn't quite hit his pass uh, in the second half when he broke away. Uh, he didn't quite nail his pass, otherwise Liverpool would have added a third goal. Um, it was a little bit under hit to Salah. But apart from that, he was he was uh, brilliant. And that's a big plus for Jurgen Klopp in um, in this season. We, we, we knew, they knew he was good, but they didn't expect him to emerge quite as strongly this quickly. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to take my finger slightly off the Crisis Club Liverpool button. Uh, Give them another week or two. Uh, We'll get back to that one, Des, and uh, we'll see how they are then. Uh, Okay, in a moment, we're going to do, we're going to rattle through Champions League here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks, BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. And we're back on Just for Kicks with me, Cam, Des, and Bob. And now, Des, we're going to do the Champions League. We're going to do a lot of matches on Champions League and Europa League. Um, and the other one that you were talking about, too. And let's start off with uh, Des, AC Milan 1, Tottenham 0. Tottenham Hotspur are terrible. Yeah, You know what? I, I think... Conte almost threw this one away with his um, player selection. They've they've actually come through with a not bad result. 
uh, an early goal conceded despite the heroics of Fraser Forster. But you look at his centre midfield and you kind of go, hmm, is, is he taking this seriously? Um, he himself is recovering from uh, that gallbladder um, operation that he had and he's, he's clearly not himself. He's not up to full fitness himself. His, his touchline antics were not, not Conte-esque. But this Tottenham team, ugh, I was a big fan at the start of the season. I thought they had strength in depth. I thought they had quality throughout. I thought they had 18 or 19 players, genuine, genuine uh, championship contenders and possibly outsiders to go a long way in the Champions League. But they were, they lost 1-0. They played okay. They should have lost 2 or 3-0 against a, a not great AC Milan side. So my my thinking on Tottenham has swung absolutely 180 degrees. I'm... Um, I'm not a fan of them anymore. I don't think they've they've got the the, the power. They they could could still potentially finish in a Champions League slot, but they seem to have given up the the Champions League. This this match against AC Milan, um, if they pick the same team in the second leg, they'll get beaten again. You you don't see them turning it around? No, I don't. No, it, it depends on the team he does. But he's lost Bentico, who I think is so really important to them. He's lost Bentico for the rest of the season, and that just makes some very, very weaker uh, in central midfield. So, um, yeah, they they lost. They got praise for a young team, but um, I don't see them turning this round. The Milan are no great shakes. No, they were like they were like moving through treacle. I mean, if you mm-hmm. if you're slower than AC Milan, it's like mm-hmm. um, uh, Bob. Uh, meanwhile, there was Dortmund Dortmund one and Chelsea nil. Chelsea are absolutely dreadful. Well, did you watch the game, Cam? I didn't think they were dreadful. Really? They couldn't score. I agree. Yeah. They couldn't well, score, but they, they can't. They but they can't the score. I mean, that's but, a bad, but that's dreadful. I mean, they well, consistently have been unable to score. Well, it, it's uh, dreadful, um, covers a multitude of sins, I think. Why, um, why they haven't uh, used Alba Mayang, um, who is a renowned goal poacher. When they can't hit a, a barn door, uh, I think you have to ask Graham Potter. There must be something, some trouble at mill, as we say. Um, Not down south, they don't. By uh, way. No, they don't okay. say you don't know what a mill is down south. No, um, soft people. <laughs> uh, yeah, they've spent all this money and they can't score a goal. It, it's uh, They're playing okay. Uh, I mean, they on points... Uh, the referee would have stopped the fight and awarded Chelsea a victory, I think. But they just couldn't get it in the net. And you begin to wonder whether this is something about Graham Potter teams, because mm. when he was at Brighton, they didn't score many. They they played some lovely football, but they couldn't find the back of the net. And the same thing now at Chelsea, despite having spent a fortune, the only recognised number nine on the books is Aubameyang. Now, he has been trouble in the past, you know, turning up late. Um, he's a manager's nightmare. And he's, I think he's 32, 33 now. He's, he's past his peak. But as they say in boxing, the last thing a fighter loses is his punch. And I think these elderly strikers, they still know where the net is. And in these circumstances, Chelsea are desperate for a goal. I'm, I'm amazed that he hasn't played him. They must have a very good reason. I was thinking Giroud, that kind of player. Yeah, is... well, Giroud played, didn't he? Yeah, he did. For, yeah. for AC Milan. Yeah. 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 That kind of player is what they, what they need and what they used to have. You can't mention that game, though, Cam, without mentioning the Adeyemi goal. 
It is just astonishing. Dortmund are under up under siege. Ball comes out to him midway in his own half. His first mm. touch is wonderful. And he runs out. I think it's uh, Silva. Runs at him, goes past him, beats Arisabella, scores from uh, inside his own half. It's a stunning individual goal, whereas Chelsea are peppering the uh, goal of Koble and Dortmund all, all night and, and couldn't find the back of the net. But uh, Adeyemi, a, a wonderful goal. But Chelsea, uh, Chelsea are going to do somebody for six or seven very soon. I'm, I'm with you there, Bob. I think they're... They're a lovely footballing side at the moment. And um, remember, they've got players out. They've got Sterling missing. They've got Pulisic and um, Abroya. Uh, he's missing as well. So a lot of their strikers are missing. Even then, though, they've got Murdoch, Yao Felix, who's looking the business, and, and Havertz. So somebody's going to get a walloping from Chelsea very soon. I don't know. I've got my finger on the Chelsea can't score goals button, uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm jabbing away at it. Um, so, uh, okay, they're going to go straight on to now... Uh, Bob, uh, Gogolin, Gogolin's son, would tell us that PSG is the biggest club in the world because he plays PlayStation and they have all the best stats. But um, judging by PSG nil, Bayern Munich one, they don't look like the best team in the world to me. Uh, no, um, they were a bit unlucky. Um, they had a goal correctly ruled offside. Um, Mbappe made a big difference. Had he come on earlier or had he started, uh, they might have nicked it. Um, but uh, they're not out of it. I mean, when you've got a forward line, let's use the old phrase of Messi, Neymar and Mbappe, you've always got a chance, haven't you? And that's what they have. Uh, it was a, a bad mistake by Donna Rummer. Um they could do with Kayla Navas in goal, um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, PSG. I won't mention where he's gone now. It'd but, be, it'd be um, a step down for him, Bob. He uh, would really, wouldn't it? Um, but bad mistake, although, to be fair to Donnarumma, he did make a, two, a couple of great saves afterwards. But uh, an absolute uh, howler by him, which was the difference in between the two sides. It's anybody's game, I think. At uh, in the in the second leg, um, this this game didn't really live up to expectations because because there were one or two players missing and didn't quite fire. You know, it was like a first half, which which it is. It's the first leg of a tie. But I think the second leg we could. I think that's going to be worth watching. Definitely, I would so you, expect some you magic think that from they, PSG. Do you think PSG can turn it around at uh, Munich? I think they can. I think they can with that with those three. Up front, although Messi has to be said, he he was peripheral, wasn't he? He hardly had a kick. He he did um, almost scored um, late on, but the shot was blocked. Uh, he was a bit unlucky there. But um, Neymar didn't hardly did anything. It was only Mbappe really that um, that was a threat to to Bayern. And of course, they didn't have they don't have um, uh, the normal um, keeper. But they did uh, replace him with uh, Manuel Neuer, who broke his leg in a skiing accident. But um, they very shrewdly signed uh, Jan Sommer, an experienced Swiss keeper, in his place. So he's so I think they're fairly secure there. But um, Bayern don't look as good as they did a couple of years ago. So I think PSG can can actually turn that around. Des, I'm guessing that your Sunday league. Uh team don't allow you as their goalkeeper to go and play uh, to go skiing i mean that just seems 
that just seems ridiculous. How can you let one of your players, it must be in the contract, thou shalt not go skiing. And I'm pretty sure it's in uh, the dangerous sports are in several contracts of players. And uh, yes, uh, uh, Neuer's also got himself in trouble because um, uh, Bayern got rid of the goalkeeper coach there and he's uh, been very vocal in his criticism of that. So I think he's been fined uh, a a month's uh, salary for that as well. He's coming to the end of a, a glorious career, Manuel Neuer. Um, the 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 leg break is is really serious, and it could be the end of of the greatest goalkeeper. I I would argue that we have seen because he changed the art of goalkeeping. A big six foot five, six foot six fellow, athletic, good outfield, um, could play as a midfielder. They they said at, at the best of times, but um, time moves on, and Sommer's a, a good goalie, and Manuel Neuer is is history for the moment. Bayern will mm. be all right, by the way, Bob. I, I I this is this is German football. This is Bayern. I, I can't see them mucking up against PSG second leg. Yeah, I, I, I'd be in agreement there. So um, uh, we're going to skip past Bruges nil, Benfica two. Unless anybody has anything, they want. Stefan Mignolet was outstanding in a two 0 defeat. Oh, okay, and Bruges is one of the most beautiful places I've ever visited. And uh, go to instead, uh, Bob Barcelona, Man United, two uh, two. It was I don't know uh, second half. Uh, Marcus Rashford is very good. Uh, it was amazing. Well, yes. I mean, it didn't feel like a second-tier clash, did it? It felt like a a full-blown European Cup tie in a great stadium. Um, but, of course, it's Europa League. But 2-2, um, yeah, I think United, obviously, it's advantage United. Um, they, they will feel as if they could have uh, nicked it, actually. Um, Marcus Rashford yet again uh, scoring and being a threat. Uh, he's like a new player. I mean, he was a good player. He was a very good player. Mm. But he's um, then he went off the boil. And now he's come back quite well, considerably better than he was before. I, I, it's very um, unusual to see that. But he's worked at his game. Um, I don't know if Ten Hagers had... Any uh, influence um, on that? Possibly. But he is an absolute revelation. So um, United have, you know, it's like like a new signing, the old cliche. It's like a new signing, Marcus Rashford, this season. But one new signing, again, was very influential, was Casemiro, of course, playing on very familiar territory, the new camp, where he's played for Real Madrid countless times in big games. So the atmosphere and the occasion suited him. He was great, but he made a mistake uh, that led to a goal. Um, apart from that, he was brilliant and an inspiration. So I'd say um, I'd say it's definitely United can win this. Uh, Old Trafford will be packed; it'll be roaring. And Barcelona are not what they were. Uh, neither Pedri nor Gavi will be playing in the return. Gavi is suspended, and Pedri is injured. I think. Yeah. Um, so that's a that's a big blow for them. So definitely, uh, I, I would take United to get through. Um, Des, we have like there are like a hundred uh, Europa Conference League matches that we haven't uh, done. There's also the rest of the Europa League, and there are so many matches. I I I'm going to have to ask you just to choose one, or indeed to continue talking about Manchester United because we just can't do them all. Well, let's um, briefly mention Man United and Valt 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 playing in midfield. 
So uh, Ten Hag has changed, not all the time, but Ten Hag is... He's he's got the guys. He's got the Man United players playing for him. It's 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 great. What he did in in getting rid of Ronaldo has just given him utmost respect amongst all the squad. They play for the coach now, and that's a stunning result uh, at Barcelona. Barcelona not too shabby. Remember that this is a team who meant to be um, close to going under with all the billions of debt that they had, or the hundreds of millions of debt. And you still look at their starting at 11. It, it's very good. Fab, fabulous time. Very quickly, um, uh, a problem for um, Juventus because they were held one all at home by Nantes. Uh, but Sevilla, who always do well in the Europa League, they won comfortably against PSV. So watch out for another Sevilla potential victory. Anybody want to say right now, pretty early on, who's going to win the Europa, Europa League? I, I was really quite impressed by um, United. Uh, okay, I'll stick my neck out here. I'll say United. Yes. Oh, no idea. The, the cup, cup, cup competitions. Love them. Love them. United will get, will get far. I think United will go through. But look out for a romantic Shakhtar Donetsk who mm. beat Ren two one at home in Warsaw. I, and I guess if you want to play it safe, just put money on Sevilla. I mean, that's that's put just, money on Sevilla. Indeed, that's what, that's what they do. If anyway. we're allowed to, yeah. Well, well, you know, notional monopoly money. Um. So uh, we'll move on, and in a moment, we're going to come back with the Premier League matches uh, coming up this weekend here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks, BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. And welcome back with myself, Cam Ruslan, Des Corkill, and Bob Holmes. And now, fellas, we're going to be talking about the Premier League matches that are coming up this weekend. Uh, it's a, It's a it's getting well. We're in the second half of the season. Uh, so many storylines to to cover, which are sort of clashing. But let's start with you, Bob. Oh gosh, we have to do this one. Nottingham Forest versus Man City. Uh, I would say that surely this is the perfect time for Nottingham Forest to play Man City. I mean, they're relaxed. They feel like they're on top of the world, and then you know, Forest come along and sort of steal two, three goals against them. Isn't that how it's going to be? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish uh, that were the case, uh, Cam, but uh, no, um, Forrest are in a bit of trouble. They um, they lost their two centre-backs last week uh, uncannily within uh, seven minutes of the game. And uh, the pundits on Match of the Day, Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, were saying they'd never known this before. Two centre-backs from the same team, from the same passage of play, both do their hamstrings and one's out for three months and the other for two months. That's Willie Bolly, who's out for three months, and um, McKenna for uh, two months. So they've had to ask, after all the signings, they've had to ask for special permission to re-register Steve Cook, who they didn't include in their 25 players for the second half of the season. But because of this emergency, uh, you can do this. And they are hopeful that the, the Premier League will grant them permission. So they'll have a centre-back. Centre now, you're playing Man City <laughs> without yeah, so no any centre-halves. I mean, you know, come on. I mean, they've only got Haaland. I mean, <laughs> it, it's the most unfortunate timing um, of all people they should be facing, uh, Erling Haaland. So... A lot of people like you, Cam, are saying, oh, this could be awkward. 
the city because if forests are a different uh, kettle of fish at home uh, you know they've they've won um, they're unbeaten in seven home games and they get all their points at home in front of the raucous crowd and all that but not without two center halves they won't against sterling harland so i would say this is this is going to be a, a a walk in the park for city i'm afraid i i can't i can't put any um, any positive spin on this whatsoever? I just hope it's not a another hammering like it was at um, the Etihad. It was five nil there, and Haaland helped himself to a hat trick. There's there's a chance it could be a repeat, quite frankly. Because mm. Haaland, I think he's uh, one more goal, and he would have scored more than any other uh, City player in a season. And we're already barely halfway through. He's already done that. Past Aguero oh, with that goal on uh, on Wednesday. Oh, I thought that equaled it. So that's twenty twenty seven. Six. 26. 26. Yeah. Oh, God, that's incredible. Uh, Des, uh, well, how about, you mentioned it earlier, uh, Newcastle versus Liverpool, pretty important match. Well, I mean, Bob was talking about it. He was saying that it, it's it's a chance for Liverpool to get back in the league table. How do you feel about this? So the, the Derby win was so important. Liverpool on the road, though, have not been good. But Newcastle don't score many. So I, I can't see this being a high-scoring game by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, both teams will be a little bit nervous. They'll say it is a chance to um, knock a potential rival out the way, particularly Liverpool need to catch up. Uh, but Newcastle are on a strange old run at the moment. They're not scoring goals. Um, they're drawing a lot of games and not against the top teams either. They they drew a Bournemouth last week when I, I predicted that they were going to win that pretty comfortably. So something has gone wrong on the attacking side of things. Defensively, they're still very strong. Uh, the Pope and the, the, the four giants in front of him are very, very strong. But um, important for Liverpool not to lose, to keep a little bit of momentum. Liverpool will have half an hour in the Real Madrid clash in the Champions League next Wednesday at Anfield. They'll see uh, this, sorry, on Tuesday. They'll see Newcastle as a, a game that they've got to win. Uh, sorry, they've got to perform well in. But the Real Madrid game is the one that they really have to win to rescue their season. So uh, it's a full strength. Full strength, you think, then? Against I, I think so. I think so. And players are coming back. Virgil van Dijk was on the bench against Everton. He could come back. Um, in into the central defence, Luis uh, Diaz is running again. Jota made his comeback, so suddenly one or two of the injuries are, are, are suddenly going to um, uh, be evaporated. And these are like new players, new signings coming in for the second half of the season. So Liverpool not to lose. I think that's number one on Saturday against Newcastle. Okay, so uh, Bob Aston Villa versus Arsenal. It's um, Aston Villa's been a club that uh, for the last several seasons I, I've struggled to think of anything to say about at all but that should be they've come quite good now and so Arsenal wouldn't really want to be playing Aston Villa I would imagine no uh this is an awkward fixture for Arsenal um coming so soon after the um after the clash with City uh and they're facing uh an improving side in uh, Villa they're facing their old manager their old goalkeeper in Emmy Martinez a new manager um, a former manager, of course, uh, Unai Emery, who seems to be doing a, a pretty good job. He's, I think second time round, he's, he's getting the hang of the uh, English Premier League. Um, he's made a good impression with everyone so far. So uh, it's, a, it's a tricky one, this. And all eyes, as I said, all eyes will be on how Arsenal 
come out of the blocks on this one. Uh, there's there can't be any shilly shallying around in this. They've got to to come out and make a statement, brush off that defeat, and and resume, uh, carry on where they were in the well for most of the season until they hit this speed bump uh, three games ago. Actually, it was the loss to City in the FA Cup, which we yes. didn't think was very consequential That's at right. the time because both sides played quite a few reserves and it's the FA Cup and all that. But it actually turned out to be a turning point for Arsenal's season and they haven't won since. So, uh, yeah, a, a good examination. I think if they come through this with uh, with the points and with flying colours, then you'll say, well, yep, they're there, they're a mature side, they're capable of of giving City a good run. Um, if they if they look as if they're still uh, shell shocked by what happened in midweek, then I think Aston Villa could win this. So this is a big game, very important game. Can anyone else uh, answer this question? Uh, Aston Villa's uh, pitch, I think, I believe, is the the biggest uh, pitch in the Premier League, and Arsenal's pitch, once upon a time, the old one, was the the narrowest. Uh, is the new one as narrow as the old one was? Or are they now playing on like an adult-sized pitch? <laughs> uh, so the, the Emirates is bigger than uh, than Highbury was. Highbury was famously tight, narrow. Mm. Um, uh, but um, but they're playing at Villa, so it doesn't really matter this this time, Cam. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm just wondering if, if their game is still conditioned for that sort of narrowness or or if they are no 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 they they play they 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 use the full width of the pitch that's the arsenal way martinelli on one side saka on the other uh using the full width of the emirates pitch and so they all these players they love the big pitches they they'd like them to be as big as as they possibly can be right right uh des how about man united versus leicester leicester bouncing back uh, scoring a lot of goals. Very, indeed, very... indeed, Leicester are bouncing back. James Madison back in touch. Harvey Barnes is a player who I never used to rate. And then he um, he had a wonderful game that I was uh, able to see. And I saw his movement, his two-footedness. He's strong. Um, he, he sees a pass. He's got f- fabulous control. And suddenly the Leicester players are are responding to um, uh, the, the, the coach. Um, so the other difference with Leicester is they've got Harry Suter, the big six-foot-six Australian who's come in and just made them difficult to beat. He stands in the middle of the goal as crosses come in, he boots them clear. And so Brendan Rodgers has now got a defence that he can begin to trust. Uh, Danny Ward is looking more confident as a result because he doesn't have to come out for crosses and he's a a natural shot stopper rather than a cross taker. And so it all starts from defence. Harry Suter's come in and completely changed the way Leicester can think about um, the the way they take on games. United with Rashford will be a different um, proposition. Uh, with Rashford in such a rich vein of form. Um, but you wonder, will will Ten Hag rest a player or two? Will he rest Fernandez with Barcelona to come the, the, the following week? That will be interesting. But big, big um, test for Man United, uh, this. I think they'll come through it. But they drew at Leeds when I expected them to win. Um, so mm, you never know. This could be a surprise. This could be a, not a win for Leicester, but Leicester might be able to pick up a point at Old Trafford. But uh, we're now of the opinion, though, that Man United are not title contenders, but they are solidly top four, aren't they? We would we would be in agreement there. Uh, I yeah, I think so. That's fair enough. Yeah. If you've been listening to me assiduously, you'll know I've been saying this since almost the first day of the season. 
I, I, I do listen, Des, but it kind of like just goes in one ear and out the other. But it, it does pass through the brain at one point and then moves on. Um, Bob, finally, Tottenham versus West Ham. I, I have no, absolutely no clue which way this one's going to go. But, you know, it could be just, um, just uh, Spurs getting just worse and worse and worse. Uh, well, uh, if you look at the table, you would say this is a, a home banker. But uh, West Ham have improved a bit lately. Spurs have gone off, as we've said. But Spurs are the Harry Kane team, as Pep Guardiola once said. And that guy really is amazing, isn't he? I mean, mm. let's say, uh, I mean, he's broken the scoring record. Jimmy Greaves' scoring record. No, no, no slouch, Jimmy Greaves. You know, one of the legends of the game. And Kane is still going strong. I mean, he's probably got another 100 goals in him. Um, he's not yet 30. He's just about coming up to 30. Um, those 100 goals probably won't all be scored at Tottenham, though. No. Um, that's that's the thing. I think he's he's really carrying this team. They'd never be close to the top four if it wasn't for him. I mean, uh, Son has gone off this season. He's had a poor season. Kulisevsky's not come back the same player after his injury. They've lost Betancourt, as we've said. Um, the midfield was never great. Um, they never seemed to make the most of Bissouma, their £50 million signing from Brighton, who was a real dynamo for Brighton. He, he's hardly been played by Antonio Conte, and now he's injured. He's out for the long term. So they've hardly got a kick out of him, top signing. Uh, no midfield, and now Hugo Lloris has got a got a mistake in him, as we've uh, said many times on this show. But he is a leader; he's a he's a captain of the side, and he's makes his voice heard from the goal line. He really does organise that defence. So they're missing key players, and it's really up to Kane. So uh, I think if if they don't get in the top four, Harry Kane may well leave. And I would say it's it's certain, surely, this this summer. He will leave. I mean, what what's, what would he be hanging around for? I mean, what could well, he possibly yeah. hope for? I mean, he uh, want, all players want to win uh, trophies. I mean, you're not going to win it at Spurs. They're not. They're not. I mean, oh. um, he wanted to leave. He wanted to go to Man City a couple of years ago, and uh, Daniel Levy, the Spurs chairman, denied him that. Um, wanted more money from City. They mm. wouldn't pay it. Um, he won't go there now because they've got Haaland. Uh, Manchester United looks the more yeah. likely destination. Yeah, or Chelsea—they certainly need a, someone yeah. like Harry Kane. But whether he would go there, I, I doubt very much. I think he's more likely to go to United than than Chelsea, mm. or possibly uh, abroad. De Des, where where would you advise him if you were if he if he called you up and said, "Des, please, where should I go?" Opportunity to play um, abroad, uh, I think to a, a Juventus if they can sort themselves out or uh, even Barcelona because Lewandowski is coming to the end of his time. But um, I'd, I'd be, he can't go to Chelsea. Uh, there'd be too much um, strife and angst. Uh, Man United, I, as I said, I don't think he's a Ten Hag kind of a player. Manchester City, I think he's missed the opportunity unless um, what we hear about Haaland moving to Real Madrid at the end of this season is, is correct. Then maybe Kane comes in to replace Haaland. But I'd like to see him um, may, maybe... 
try his his time abroad. I've, I just had a little look at the league table. I, I'm just giggling though. Imagine if Tottenham were to recover and they pipped Arsenal for the final Champions League place. <laughs> <laughs> it's been done before. Oh, uh, Imagine the angst of the Arsenal fans. Oh, that would, yeah, I, uh, that would be crazy. Um, Sorry, okay. that just came out of nowhere. My uh, 12 points behind and played a game more. Yeah, this, I this don't think awful. it's on. I don't know. I mean, I think that this will be a very difficult time for Arsenal psychologically, and they really need to, they could either collapse or somehow get themselves together. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in a moment, though, we're going to wrap up the uh, Premier League and uh, and do a bit of AFC Champions League as well here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks, BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. And we're back on uh, Just for Kicks with Des and Bob. And now uh, Bob Holmes, Brighton versus Fulham. Uh, Brighton, uh, under their new manager, can score goals. Fulham can also score goals. Are we going to see a lot of goals? Uh, Possibly, yeah. It's uh, quite refreshing uh, watching Brighton actually put the ball in the net these days. Um, For a couple of years, they um, played some great uh, football, but uh, lacked a goal scorer. Now they seem to be getting them in from anywhere. It's not as if they've got a prolific number nine or anything. And they've sold um, Trossard, who was their leading scorer last season. Not prolific, but he did get uh, into double figures. Sold him to Arsenal. But uh, they've they've got a new player in, in uh, McAllister. A new player in inverted commas, but the proverbial greatly improved player. I mean, he's he's come back even better since the World Cup. I think uh, the um, he, he was an absolute revelation. We didn't we knew he was a decent player, but I don't think anyone really expected him to be as good as he was in the World Cup. But he is a, the fulcrum of the of the team, and he scores goals as well now. So, Brighton are contenders. I don't think they've got top four in them. But I think they'll get into Europe next season. I think mm-hmm. they they are a good all round side. They're well managed. Uh, Roberto Di Zerbi was lined up as a Graham Potter like manager uh, before Potter left for Chelsea. That's how they do things at Brighton. They they three steps ahead of most clubs. They don't get into a mess like Leeds and Southampton who sack managers and then can't get a replacement. I mean, um, and Southampton, uh, we're we're talking to just on that subject, they couldn't even get uh, Jesse Marsh because they wouldn't give him a long enough contract. Well, I think if I was Jesse Marsh, I'd I'd tell him to go and fly kites. I I wouldn't even consider the job. But uh, Brighton are very well organised and so are Fulham. And they've got a good manager. Uh, really, that um, Silver was at um, Everton, and although he had his moments, he, he looked promising. It all sort of ended in tears. I think he was a little bit harshly sacked. I don't know whether Des would agree with that, but he's proving that he knows how to manage a side in the Premier League at Fulham. He, he uh, he's he's done a fantastic job. He's got a great goal scorer, a great focal point in uh, Mitrovic. 
Um, and he's he's got some wonderful players who've got unpronounceable names and hardly anybody's heard of them, but they're really turning it on. And this is a championship side coming up in its first season, yeah. hovering in the European places. They're yeah. seventh and yeah. they, they're in, in with a shout of a Europa League or a Europa Conference place, which would be great for a club like Fulham. Yeah, no, it's, it's remarkable. This is sixth versus versus seventh we're talking about here. Uh, and uh, Des, meanwhile, 17th versus 18th. And it's um, really down the bottom. Everton versus Leeds. I don't know. Are there any other, is there any fresh hope happening at uh, Everton? Uh, well, the Sean Dyche effect lasted precisely one game. They were... Um, in, especially in the second half against Liverpool, very much second best. They didn't compete. There's been a lot of whinging from uh, brothers and um, relatives of mine back back home in that Everton didn't really take the fight to Liverpool in the second half. They were unfortunate in the Tarkovsky header came off the post and stays out rather than goes in. If that goes in, it, uh, the, the mood changes. But um, Everton, yeah, they're still still in big problems. You don't know where their goals are going to come from. We've said this since the start of the season. I thought they'd be solid enough to be mid-table, lower to mid-table, but they, they just haven't scored enough goals. It's uh, 16, I think. It's less than a goal a game. Calvert-Lewin is perpetually injured. Uh, they're not getting um, runners into the penalty area um, from midfield. So I, I really just see this being a, a battle of attrition between now and the end of the season for Everton. Uh, they're at home against Leeds. The crowd will try to get behind them. They can be very solid. Leeds can be a little bit flaky or they can be uh, top-notch. We're not, we're not sure with Leeds. But um, every game is a cup final for Everton now, between now and the end of the season. Um, and they've got to make the most of home advantage uh, in one of the the, the the few remaining games they've got at Goodison Park. And do you see Everton surviving this season? By the skin of their teeth. By the skin of their teeth. But only because others around them aren't good. I see Bournemouth and Southampton certainties. I probably see Leeds as the other one. So this could be pivotal for Leeds. And what about you, Bob? Who do you think uh, is going to be going down? Well, I'd say, uh, yes, Bournemouth and Southampton. And then I think it's between Leeds, Everton and Forest. Mm. I think I think Forest are still in danger given the, um, given the injuries. Um, so uh yeah uh I, I would say that those i think i think west ham uh wolves and leicester i think they're already picking up not so much west ham but i think they're too good to go down wolves and leicester are definitely improving they'll probably end up mid table they they're playing some good football they're well managed no worries for those um okay well the, those are the ones to watch but bournemouth and southampton are um doomed <laughs> uh, which is good because I always forget that they even exist. So it would make life much more easier for me. So, uh, Des, meanwhile, AFC Champions League um, is hotting up. What's happening there? So uh, thank you for allowing me to put this into the running order, but um, I'll be away in Qatar next week on the AFC Champions League Western um, Zone uh, quarterfinals, semifinals and finals. So Al-Hilal who last week were playing against Real Madrid in the final of the World Club Cup. They are one of the four quarter-finalists for the Western Zone in the AFC Champions League. And they'll be in action against uh, UAE's uh, Shabab Al-Akhli. 
Uh, you've got an all Qatari clash between Al Duhail and Al Ryan. You've got uh, Al Shabab from Saudi against uh, Na um, Nashaf from Uzbekistan and Al Faisli from Saudi against Iran's Fulad. So they're the four quarterfinals. It's all played at um, in Qatar, two venues, the uh, Tumama Stadium and the Al Junaib Stadium. Both uh, were used in the World Cup finals recently. So they are reusing and regurgitating the, the stadia in Qatar. Um, and so there's a quarterfinal, semifinal and the Western Conference final. Um, that's all decided by a week Sunday. And the winner will take on Urawa Red Diamonds for the AFC Champions League in April of um, of uh, this year. So it's, it's it's quite good. It's a very high quality. Ronaldo well, is obviously putting the Saudi League into a lot of the spotlight, and there's three Saudi teams in the um, in the uh, quarterfinals, including Al Hilal, who I've commentated on many times, but never live at the stadium. So I'm I'm really quite excited about seeing how Al Hilal do in that competition. How would you characterize the the quality of play with with uh, these, um, especially these uh, Saudi clubs? I was very impressed by Saudi Arabia for once, first time at the World Cup. It's very uh, good. Um, the wet, wet, um, the uh, West Asia teams invariably do well uh, against East Asian teams when it comes to the the finals for the AFC Champions League. They tend to split it between East Asia and West Asia, and we I focus on on East Asia predominantly. So it's good to see the West Asians, but invariably the West Asians come through, and they've always got good players. I mean, Batakomi uh, uh, Gomez, who was at Swansea for a while, he's um, leading the line for Al Hilal. Uh, they have good foreign players. Their domestic leagues are very strong. The Qatari league is quite strong as well. Uh, they pay good money, so the players are content. Um, there's no economic problems there. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's very good. The one I am looking forward to, I'm a big fan of Iranian football, the, the passion that they have in Iran. And uh, Javed Nakunam, who you may remember uh, as a name from Iranian internationals and Premier League in the past, he's coach now of Fulad, um, who are reaching the quarterfinals for the very first time. So there's lots of little stories inside, but the quality of play will be very, very high. Not quite European Champions League, not quite Man United Barcelona, but not too shabby. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, fool lad. Isn't that like a Scouser term of endearment or something? It's a sponsor's name, a very famous sponsor. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so that's where we wrap it up. And uh, Bob Holmes, which match are you looking forward to this weekend? Uh, well, there's one match I'm dreading, um, but looking forward to actually looking forward to Aston Villa and Arsenal just to see which Arsenal side turns up. Okay. And uh, Des Corkill, which one? Al Ryan versus Aldo Hale because um, that's my first commentary. But obviously, oh. Newcastle Liverpool is there. Um, and I'll also be keeping an eye on the uh, friendly results going on in Malaysia because the, uh, the Malaysian Super League is close. It starts 24th of. Um, February. So there's plenty of football still to come. Nah. Okay. Well, uh, thank you to Bob Holmes and to Des Corkill. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. And, thank you. Uh, yeah, I should have done one at a time instead of just collectively. Yeah. And and also thank you to our producer, Hanif Bahurudin. Oh. Uh, remembered. And uh, please join us next time on Just for Kicks here on BFM 89.9. For more football, tune in Mondays and Fridays at 8pm, just for kicks on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.